existent. I'm in a continual, permanent, protracted, unending Welcome back to Cigars and Spirits. Hey, I got that right, huh? Yeah. You didn't throw in that one country down in the Caribbean again. Yeah. Well, used yeah. to be our name many, many moons ago. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I keep wanting to throw out Cuban, but not nah, anymore. Nah. We're still doing Cubans, but we're getting Rare. a lot more non-Cubans Rare. because of uh, situations we've already discussed ad yep. nauseum. What so, are we doing today? George, it's summertime, so what should we do today? Day. It's hot out. It we got a pool. You got a beach. Freaking hot. We're doing a beach episode. Beach episode. And people have been saying, hey, can you do a clear spirit? And look, most times clear spirits don't go with a cigar, but thanks to Uncle Austin, Uncle George, we came up on a, a way to do a clear spirit. Yes. We're doing daiquiris. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing a pina colada and a strawberry daiquiri exactly and since there's umpteen different recipes yep. we figured we're going to just buy them from the bar yep. as if you're on the beach yep. or at wherever these are pre-made from a store we won't mention it we will go over the original recipes for pina colada and daiquiri we'll talk about the history but this is the look inexpensive cigar with a drink on the beach at the pool so exactly this is so, what we have yeah like i said you know we go to the beach george you and i we do the beach thing all the time yeah. and hell there's nothing better than a daiquiri or a pina colada and stuff and then we want cigars but you don't want a heavy cigar so for the cigar today i chose a baccarat and i'll get into the history in a second <clears throat> but it's a pretty nice light cigar yeah. you know, i went with the uh the connecticut shade wrapper version and it's true connecticut wrapper and it's a big cigar and yeah this is a toro it's a six by 60 the filler is from is honduran the binder is mexican which i'm kind of hoping because most mexican tobaccos give it a little minerality yeah. so i'm kind of hoping we have a little minerality to kind of offset the sweetness of the drinks and then once again it's a connecticut wrapper and it is made in honduras and one of the neat things is the gum cap on it, the, the gum they use in the cap to glue it is a sweet, sweet gum. Yep. And figure so that one out as soon as so, I took a taste. Yep. <laughs> so it's got a nice little sweet tip to it, which once again, I think will match. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so why I did we put a little thought into it. We always put thought into it sometimes more than others. <laughs> as you guys can tell, like, well, that was a crap episode. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't a lot of thought in that one. <laughs> We're just winging it. But this is like, how can we do a clear spirit? Well, here you go. Yep. It's freaking, what kind of hot is it? It's hot. It's sticky balls it's, hot. <laughs> So we're going to do daiquiri and a light cigar. Yes, absolutely. All right, so let's get to the cigar. Let's smell the wrapper. Very light. Yeah. Um, basically grassy to me. Grassy and dry leather. That's basically it. Yep. To me, it's just basically <clears throat> grass. Foot. Heavier on the grass. Yeah. A little grassy, a little minerally, in which fresh. I'm expecting from that, that Mexican binder. It's almost fresh cut grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like dry grass, more like fresh hmm. cut. And it might be me because I just cut two acres yesterday, so I'm still smelling grass. <laughs> Got grass up your nose. What are you getting a pre-light pre draw? Grassy, a little bit of mineral. Obviously, there's a sweetness because of that tip, mm -hmm. that sweet tip. Yeah, just a hint of mineral. but to Hint of hay. mineral, but hay, there, grassy, right. and hay. Yeah. Almost like you get a stick of hay in your mouth and just... Absolutely. All right, we're going to do the pina colada first. So what, the are you, what are you getting on the pina colada? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, coconut? <laughs> a little piña? A little piña? A little piña? Yes. Yeah, so, again, these are store-bought. We want to, you know, because, again, how many recipes are out there? And we always, I always make my own piña coladas at home. We were going to do this here, but, like, you know what? We're acting like we're going to the bar, store-bought, right out the store, brought them here, and sucking them down. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, there's a hundred different recipes for each one of these. So we just went with a store-bought version. Now we did cheat. We put a little Meyer rum floater on top. It's, it's one of those stores you can drive up here in Louisiana and they'll give you the drink and the straw separate. So it's legal. That's right. That's why it's on an open <laughs> container. We won't give a name because they're not sponsoring us, but you know, you just drive in, get Hell yourself no. a So the a pina daiquiri. colada tastes like a pina colada. It's coconut. It's got a nice little uh, pina to it. Pineapple. pineapple. Mm-hmm. And, and the nice thing is, is we actually did a floater on both of these to yep. up the octane just a little bit more and give it an interesting flavor. We used a Myers, just something really cheap. You yep. can grab any spiced rum, and <clears throat> that's what we did. We just used the original Myers spiced rum, a little bit of floater, and uh, definitely and improves it. As you guys may or may not know, if you go to one of these little, you know, stores that sell daiquiris in a drive through they're obviously using the cheapest clear liquors they can find. So... That's why we always put a little float up top to just kick up the ante and give it a better flavor, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And look, Myers is still inexpensive, so where's whiskey? And this cigar this is, is what, seven bucks a six? Seven dollars for a so. six by 60. I mean, it's a hell of a bargain. So if you're on the beach and it kind of falls out of your mouth and get a little sand on it and wipe out, who cares? Who cares, right? Once again, light. You're on a beach. You don't want something that's going to blow your head off from a strength wise. So we're going with something lighter. And something. in today's world of, you know, $5 gas per gallon, hey. We're back to the budget episode. Well, yeah. And before we forget, big shout out to our sponsors, theoriginalbourbonclub.com. That's theoriginalbourbonclub.com. Check them out. Start your own chapter. Join. Again, four free tastings a year, and we get picks to the barrel picks, and that's always the best part. You get the best pick of the barrel. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of picking in this picking barrel. There's a lot of barrel picking going on. (laughs) Yeah, we do enough to uh, 10 a year now for uh, barrel picks, and that obviously gives you access to it. So once again, the original club.com. I mean, you're saying budget episode. I don't care if gas was 30 cents. I still would be looking have a very inexpensive cigar, you know, for the beach. Yeah, yeah, because you're going to drop in the sand. It's hot. To me, it has nothing to do with the economy on this one. The, to me, it's just all about, like you said, you're on the beach, yep. so it might fall, might drop, who knows, whatever. You're so. sweating all over it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how's taste like salt? Yeah. <laughs> That's sweat. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I never take anything nice to the beach. Well, I can't say that. Cigar I, I just came back from the beach, and I, I took some nice cigars. Yeah, I just but usually don't. But The funny thing is I either do them early, in the after, early morning or late in the afternoon when it's just not so damn hot. Mm-hmm. You can sit back and actually relax and enjoy the cigar. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in an evening type, you know, yeah. late afternoon, early evening, and it's cooled down a little bit, yeah, maybe something. But yeah, if I'm just hitting yeah, the beach. One, two o'clock the... in the afternoon when it's hot as hell, you want a light, yeah. inexpensive cigar. Exactly. So tell them about Baccarat. Honestly, I haven't had a Baccarat, God, 12 years. So Baccarat was basically has been made since 1871, and it disappeared for a little while, then it was reinduced in 1978 by Carl Upman. Yes, the Upman that we all know of. Does he make so, cigars? Yeah. <laughs> he, he used to, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> he's he's making uh he's he's worm food. <laughs> At least he was. <laughs> not even worm so food anymore. Huh? After uh, Upman got going, started the started the lineup again, and Roland he put Julio Iroa, so the guy from you know yep. r- the original La Gloria Cabana, yep, yep, the yep. non-Cuban yep. La Gloria Cabana, now the Aroa cigars, and the father to Christian Aroa, who's basically running it. So it's that Aroa line, same thing as Camacho. It's the same same people. They're growing their own tobaccos. They orig- they ended up being purchased by Davidoff. Yep. So they're now owned by Davidoff, but Aroa uh, Christian Aroa was involved for quite a long time, and now he's out doing his own line, just like his dad, the CLE, which we profiled on earlier episodes we did so um basically but they're still growing the tobaccos and providing them to to davidoff and um it's all cuban seed based 
and it's from the uh, the Hamastron Valley of Honduras, and they're basically before. Davidoff took them over. They were making about 14 million cigars a year. Camacho, Baccarat, as well as some other cigars. Oh, okay. I didn't know Baccarat was selling, but they didn't have No, 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 total million. for, okay, for yeah, what, what the, uh, what yeah, the rows were. Sense. Yeah, Julio and Christian. So, uh, and then the factory is in uh, Donley, um, and it's called Tobacco's Rancho Hamastron. And that's actually the town where Christian was born, Christian Aroa. So that's kind of the back, background of Baccarat. So it's very li- re- closely related to the Camacho mm-hmm. line. No, I knew it was a very old, prestigious line of cigars. And then he kind of went away for a while. Like I said, I haven't had one. God, I'm thinking, I said 12 years. I'm thinking it's even longer than that. Long, long time. Man, up front, I can definitely taste that Mexican binder. Yeah, it's very mineral. Very yes. rocky. Rocky. Yep. Yep. Very like mineral. rocks in your mouth. So it's, it's an interesting combination of a almost nice sweet with the, uh, the uh, um, color, uh, not Colorado, the uh, Connecticut, Connecticut shade wrapper <clears throat> with that minerally. It's, it's very, it's, it's interesting. What a sweet tip makes it interesting, honestly. I know I know why they use that sweet tip gum because, yeah, it comes out minerally, and then when you get that little sweet tip, you're like, yeah, it's actually pretty nice. But again, light. I wouldn't say refreshing, but easy going, nice smoke. Yeah, it's it, and it's hot out. I mean, we're we're in the middle of summer it's right now, hot. and it's freaking hot middle of the day. It is hot out, and you know what? This is so far, it's not an ass kicker. I no. don't expect it to build a whole lot. Don't want it to, and I don't want it to exactly. It's too damn hot, and so far, I mean, I'm. Eighth of an inch into it, very light gray ash, a couple of black striations in it. Great draw on it. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's really nice draw. Burning pretty well. I'm finding keep it a little cool. Um, I pulled a couple hard pulls on it. Got a got it a little hot, and it gets a little bite. Yeah, I noticed just, that too. Just a tad. So this is one you definitely want to smoke on the the gentler side, which once again kind of goes along with the heat, anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't sit to power cigar no. down during the hot day. I'm gonna try it with the pina colada. See what I get. What are you getting, man? Honestly, it doesn't change a pina colada at all. And pina colada doesn't really change the cigar. No. No, it's good. Pina colada is still the pina colada. That's not a bad combination. Sweet and sour with a little. Sweet and sour. It is. Gonna... Oh, welcome to the Asian Western. Yeah, sweet and sour. Chinese. Got sweet and sour. Um, sweet and sour chicken, sweet and sour pork. With cream of some young guy. Oh, <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, bar and grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored. And unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's an interesting combination. The strawberry daiquiri, huh? This one, again, from the store, really had to put a floater in to make it more palatable. Yeah, this is not the best strawberry daiquiri out there. I'm thinking maybe should have made our own. But you know what? But with the cigar, it's freaking awesome. Actually, you know what? It is better with the cigar. You're not kidding. Yeah, it really you. is better yeah. with the cigar. Holy I was cow. drinking his own going, eh, Yeah, uh, it's just eh, kind of like, eh. eh. We should have made our own. Could we debate it making our own? I'm like, no. Guy going to the bar, the, getting a drink. Exactly. Pretending we're at the beach. Yep. You're going to a bar. You grab a drink. You're not making so it. So we were drinking a strawberry daiquiri and like, eh, eh. 
But man, with the cigar, it does make it better. That makes it a whole lot better. It's That's it's cutting that heavy sweetness. Yeah. Now this this strawberry daiquiri almost has a syrupy sweetness to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, cigar kind of cuts through that and knocks it down, which is nice. It's actually making it good. Yeah, that really is. Wow. Yeah, that's actually, I like it better than a pina colada. And on its own, I would think, nah, this can be hard putting down this damn, this damn strawberry daiquiri, but <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I'm jumping in the pool. <laughs> it's freaking hot. <laughs> it's hot. It, time for the pool. So, why don't you educate us on these two drinks, the background of where they started. So, let's get into the pina colada. So, again, pina is Spanish for pineapple. Colada is basically strained. So, debate a bit, but the most thought of where it really came from was San Juan, Puerto Rico, created in 1954 by a bartender named Ramon Monchito Morero. And I loved it because the city I grew up in was Morero. And again, he comes from San Juan. This was made famous at the Beachcomber Bar at the Carib Hotel in Old San Juan. I actually will tell you a story. We went there a couple of years ago and had a pina colada. So according to the story, he goes, he finally settled upon his recipe for the pina colada when he felt captured the true nature and essence of Puerto Rico. For the next 35 years, he personally served the cocktail at the hotel. In 1978, the pina colada was declared the official drink of Puerto Rico. And then in 2004, for the 50th anniversary, the governor of, uh, of uh, San Juan, a guy named uh, Calderon, actually uh, bestowed an anniversary beverage to the hotel at that year. So, controversy. Another story is in the 19th century, Puerto Rican pirate Roberto Confresi, to boost his, uh, to boost his uh, cruise morale, gave them a beverage of strained coconut, pineapple, and white rum. And with his death in 1825, the recipe was lost. But a couple of people said, ah, that's not true. Uh, in, in 1950, New York Times reported the drinks in the West Indies range from Martinique's famous rum punch to Cuba's pina colada. So he said Cuba made pina colada, which was rum, pineapple, and coconut. But most people believe is basically Morero from 1954 in the, on the, West, Hotel, Bank. On the West Bank. <laughs> His original recipe was two ounces of white rum, one ounce of coconut cream, one ounce of heavy cream. Six ounces of fresh pineapple juice and a half cup of crushed ice. That was basically it. And that's his picture. I like the old picture of him back oh, in 1960s. Yeah. Is that cool? That's old school, man. I like it. <clears throat> so, dig, dig the old school. Yeah, it's cool. And the guy did it for that many years. I was fortunate enough to go to Puerto Rico, oh, about 12 years ago with a buddy of mine. We went to old San Juan. He's like, oh, my God, this is the Hotel Carib. We got to go get a pina colada. We went in there, and I got to tell you, I was less than impressed. <laughs> the pina colada was expensive, and they were so mass-produced that you're going, you know what? I got a better pina colada back at the hotel where we were staying. It's kind of like when you go in New Orleans, the you go Sazerac. to Roosevelt, the Sazerac bar, and you go get mm-hmm. a Sazerac. Yeah. And you're like, and it's uh, like uh, I mean, it was cool because the hotel's still old. It's got that old world feel, and you know that's where it was you know, really made famous and invented. But I thought the same thing. It's like, how many times I went to the Sazerac bar? And I've had some really good Sazeracs there, and I've had some really lousy Sazeracs. I'm thinking, same thing with the Pina Colada. I'm sure there's days where you go there and it's outstanding, and other days you're like, what we have? We're like, eh, it's okay. Nah. Yeah, to so, me, it's not something to mass produce. I mean, any drink, really, unless you're doing, what do you call it, garbage can punch. Yeah, this stuff. At a, at a this frat, stuff that we're drinking frat, right now. At a frat party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we drink. I mean, look, let's yeah, face hey. the daiquiris. Mass producing machines. This was convenient. It took oh, me yeah. like one minute in the drive-thru. Pulled yeah. right up, ordered two drinks. And remember what he said? The drive-thru. The he drive-thru. picked up alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love Louisiana. Oh, I love it. America, man. America. <laughs> so that's basically it. And, you know, I love a pina colada on the, on the beach. Oh, I always, I always absolutely. Pick up the rum. 
Absolutely. My wife's a big, my wife's not a drinker, but she does like pina colada. So it's something we can get one because you don't want to buy too much because it melts so quickly. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll buy one and share it and then we'll buy another one. We'll share it. So yeah, it's, it's a great drink. It just, it, to me, it's the beach, the beach screams of pina colada. So what you thinking on the cigar so far? So I'm what, three quarters of an inch into it. It hasn't really changed much. It has mellowed out a bit. Some of that minerality has died down. Agreed. Very mild. Very. You taste rocks, hay, a little bit of dry leather. That's yeah. basically the top very three simple. flavors. Yep, very, very simple. Simple, but easy draw. It's a little velvety. That, that, uh, the wrapper on it, this Connecticut's yeah. a little velvety. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that yeah, one. It's it a little is. velvety. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the Connecticut version on the Oliva, Connecticut Reserve. Not as refined. You're about to say the Oliva has more flavor. Not as refined, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that, that velvetiness that the uh, Connecticut shade's given, and it's it's imparting it here, which is nice. But for a large stick seven on a hot bucks. day, seven bucks? Yeah. Man, it's awesome. Six by 60, Toro. They call it the Toro. It's yeah. a six by 60. It's a nice, easy smoke, and you get the flavors you want. You're not spitting because it's so damn astringent in your mouth. You just no. don't want the flavor in your mouth. This, that, you know what? Seven bucks, nice, easy going cigar so far yep. killer killer choice yeah and i give i give austin credit on it. he goes you know i'm gonna do a baccarat i'm like god i haven't had one forever get one <laughs> it's been forever <laughs> hell, of a choice. hell of a choice and it's yeah to me it's playing out playing out nicely i definitely back. definitely recommend this as a as a beach cigar Heck or yeah. just hot day cigar really <clears throat> hot day and you still golf this would be a great golf cigar it is because you see the size and it kind of scares you away. I'm like, ooh, I'm not playing golf with a big six by six. Well, how long? 60. It's six by 60. Six it's by a 60, 60 re-gauge, yeah. So I'm like, ah, yeah. I don't play golf with that big old thing in a hot no, day, right? This would be this perfect. This is a, this is, would be a really good golf cigar. Once again, it's got enough flavor to make it fun and interesting, enjoyable, but it's just not blowing you away no. in this heat. Yeah. Now, wintertime, nah, I wouldn't go this. <laughs> nah. No. I like heavier stuff. In if the it's winter. cold outside, it'll be really boring. You're like, nah, You'll nah, lose nah. it in the cold. Nah. You won't have any flavor. No, I'll give you that. So. You want to come back for the second half? No, just here, just tell us tell us about the uh, the daiquiri. Now, daiquiri's got a much more interesting story. So, uh, again, daiquiri's named for, after a beach and an iron mine in the Santiago part of Cuba. Uh, it's actually come from the Tino origin, and if you go back to our Cohiba episode taino was the original indigenous people of cuba and then that's where daiquiri came from so they say it was invented by an american mining engineer named a guy named jennings cox he was in cuba doing a spanish war back in 1898 working the mine obviously he established a bacardi rum which was you know very available in cuba for his worker in the iron mine to you know keep him happy everybody got the rush you know a little uh, ration of rum but same thing he he kind of worked on different things than what he had so he started mixing lime and uh, lemons and different fruits with sugar and rum and came up with this drink. That's that's, how, that sounds like a mojito. Kind of does, right? Ish, yeah. That's why I kept thinking, like, man, this doesn't sound like a daiquiri's mojito, but the story goes on. His granddaughter, though, later on says, no, the story came by that he says whenever he had American visitors come to the house and he was out of gin or bourbon, he didn't want to serve them, you know, anything, so he took the rum, mixed it with lime juice and sugar and gave him that. So the story goes, William Chandler, he was a uh, U.S. congressman, he purchased the Santiago Iron Mines in 1902, and he brought the daiquiri, what, that's what they call it, daiquiri, because that was the name of the mine, back to the clubs in New York, but really didn't pick up too much in, uh, just, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, <laughs> when something becomes famous in popularity. Thank you. Brain dead there for a second. Oh, my goodness. 
So they said his rank remained kind of localized until 1909 when Rear Admiral Lucius Johnson, he was a U.S. Navy medical officer, tried one of Cox's drinks. He subsequently brought it back to the Army Navy Club in Washington, D.C., and there it picked up really popularity with officers in the, in the Navy. So it say by 1930, it started uh, appearing in different mixology books, Cuban and French cookbooks. French cookbooks had daiquiris in it. So the drink became really popular in the 1940s after World War II because it was hard to find whiskey and vodka in the United States. And President Roosevelt opened up what's called the Good Neighbor Policy, also called the Pan-American Policy, which opened up trade to Latin America, the Caribbean, and Cuba and made it very fashionable for you know Latin American-based stuff because in the United States, rum was considered a drink of sailors and drunks. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. kosher to drink rum. Because it was. I mean, it was rum was introduced into the naval fleet in 1740. Yeah. And you know, I called it. They called it grog, and what they did was basically take rum uh, we're, we're and, and water it down. We're, we're getting there. So made it very popular. So again, 1934, the flame, the famous bar called the Florida Bar in Cuba, now it's called the Florita or Floridita, was the nickname Cocktail Cathedral. Presented various versions of the daiquiri. Uh, it was actually 1939. It presented the cradle of the daiquiri cocktail and gave five variations of cocktail. They claimed to make more than 10 million daiquiris a year. That's the buttload of daiquiris. That's a couple daiquiris. <laughs> <laughs> and who's the guy that really loved daiquiris? Famous writer Ernest Hemingway. Oh yeah, yeah. When you go down to Key West, they yeah. have they have stuff with Hemingway and daiquiris and all that in the bars. So he came to Havana in 1928. He was known as a big drinker. They used to call him Papa Doblis. And the reason they called him that because they always ordered da- uh, double daiquiris. So at the Florida bar, they now have an MS, Ernest Hemingway special created in his name, which is grapefruit, maraschino cherries, and a daiquiri. So, <clears throat> yeah, so it's it's interesting because daiquiri is basically a generic term. Yeah. It really has turned into it. I always thought of it, you know, strawberry daiquiri, peach daiquiri, that yeah. it had to be a frozen cocktail. That's what I used to think. Yeah. But nope. it's actually just a very generic term for alcohol, rum, basically. Rum, rum, rum water, lime juice, lemon juice, whatever. And chilled because you have to chill it so that's what we're getting into so what Austin was talking about earlier so the basic recipe of daiquiri is also similar to the british grog that the uh, royal navy gave to a sailor in the 1870s as preventing scurvy so in 1795 the royal navy daily grog ration was contained of rum water three ounces of lemon or lime juice and two ounces of sugar so you wouldn't get scurvy so again, the rich, arr, scurvy, arr, scurvy, arr. Arr. <laughs> gotta do that. So originally the drink was served in a tall glass packed with cracked ice. A teaspoon of sugar was poured over the ice and the juice of one or two limes was squeezed over the sugar. Two to three ounces of white rum then poured over that. The glass was frosted by stirring it up with a really long spoon. Obviously later on it became more easier just to put it in a shaker and shake it and make it frothy yeah. that way. And then obviously when blenders came, became, you know, became popular, everybody just puts in a blender now. I, I got to add to that where that term grog came from. I thought it was really interesting. So once again, uh, British Vice Admiral Edward Vernon was the one who introduced what he, you know, this basically rum, water, like you said, lime, stuff like that, to the squadron and uh, in 1740. And his nickname was Old Grogum or Old Grog. Ah, cool. And that's where the term grog came grog. from. Grog. grog, old grog. So kind of cool. But I love the way the military had to give a little bit of rum every day just to keep the people happy. And oh, yeah. <laughs> and again, the engineer gave it to his miners a little bit of rum every day just to keep them happy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> throw a little juice in them, keep them refreshed. <laughs> so again, Jennings Cox's original recipe that he put into his, his logbook was the recipe is for six people. And he did the juice of six lemons, six teaspoons of sugar, six cups of Bacardi rum, which he called Carta Blanca, white rum. Two small cups of mineral water, plenty of crushed ice, and shake it. That's basically it. 
simple recipe. That's but when I read awesome. that, I'm like, well, lime juice, that's um, caparinha, because caparinha is a Brazilian drink, which is lime, soda, rum, and sugar, simple syrup. And, you know, you also think mojito, but mojito is more lime and mint, but that's a totally different story, which <laughs> we may have to get into another day. I really think we need to do a mojito at some point. <laughs> Mojitos, man, if you make them sweet, they go with a cigar. If they really tart and, and minty, sometimes it doesn't go with a cigar. You got to pick the right cigar and make them a little bit sweeter. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big mojito fan, but I find they're either good or they're bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, to me, they're, it's, it's like a Sazerac. It yeah. is a, it, to me, it needs to be a very well-balanced drink. And if it's not, it doesn't quite work right. But when it's made well... It's, oh, there's nothing like good mojito. Yeah, Absolutely. Oh, so damn good. Absolutely. So, I mean, we're halfway through the stick now. This stick burns quickly. It no, does. It's hot as hell well, out here. Yeah. It's well, not just because of that. I mean, we're drawing on it, and it's 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 an easy smoke. It in really is. So it's kind of going down quickly, and it, to me, not a whole lot of change. No, it's still, but. It's good. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying it. Oh, no, I, I kind of went into this episode going, well, great solid cigar. But yeah. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Great, solid cigar. I'm about to jump in the pool with this and see what happens. So you want to wrap this puppy up or? Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, made the daiquiri better. And If, when we get to the end, if the flavor does change, we'll come back online and see what we have. But check us out on our Twitter page at cigars underscore podcast. Check us out on Instagram at cigars and spirits podcast. Our webpage at cigars and spirits buzzsprout.com. And what the hell else we got? <laughs> Fa- I think that's enough. Facebook, cigars and spirits. You know, yeah, you know the routine, enough. right? <laughs> All those damn things. With that, guys, go get yourself a dad. Yes. Get your cigar. Hit the beach. Hit the pool. Enjoy yourselves. And travel. Enjoy life. I am insistent. I'm in our continual, permanent, protracted, unending mood.